All right, and welcome to the All Digital AM Podcast. This episode originally aired as a video on the All Digital AM YouTube channel. Hi, everybody. Welcome. My name is Adam Pound. I'm here to continue the conversation in 3D printing and additive manufacturing. And today, I'm happy to have Wilbert Pierce with me. Wilbert, welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. I know um, you're out there in Baltimore, Maryland, and uh, you know we talked a little bit over the last couple of weeks, and Obviously, I love uh, love your background there. There's a lot of great things in your office. Look at those beautiful. Uh, a lot of those are 3D prints, correct? Are they all 3D prints, or are we seeing something Every as far except for this guy? This yeah, guy. yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, that's an awesome. I know you've got an amazing design background, and recently, over uh, the last three years or so, you've been applying it to the medical field. But you've had your own design agency for over 12 years, and you're really getting into design for additive manufacturing and the power of that. And and you obviously have a passion for it. So I was very happy to talk a little bit and uh, touch base with you today. Yeah, as uh, you know, we mentioned when we talked last, it was when I learned how to 3D model it was one thing, but when I discovered that there were machines that could take the things that I modeled and make them real. I was completely enamored. And yeah. I, yeah. That started long before, like they were commercially viable for like, you know, home consumers. But the second I, the second I got a chance, I, I started printing stuff and I never stopped. Yeah. I know you, you have a big scanning background also, you know, the ability from your, your art and background experience to actually scan something and turn it into 3d. A lot of people don't realize that initial step. Uh, when they're looking into what's going in the 3D printer, some people don't have to scan things. So that's, uh, it is what it is, but it's a big part of reverse engineering and inspection and being able to pull data from everywhere. So, um, you know, talk a little bit about that. You know, what was your scan background and design and what sort of scanners do you use or do you have one in your home office or how has that gone over the years for you? Uh, it's, it's, it's evolved a little bit, both my understanding of reverse engineering and just the, the practical applications. Yeah. Like coming coming from design, I would say I was more apt to designing things than I was cleaning skins. But mm-hmm. yeah, carried over was the thought of the final result. And uh, in art, like in art school, it's all about process. You know, you, you you mix this with this, and that gives you something about the consistency of, eh, and then you paint with that. And it's it's very process heavy, but uh, I don't want to say that's not intuitive to my nature as a creative, but I really, I started working in areas where it's like the end result was the, the biggest part. So when I started 3D modeling, you know, you're making parts, you're uh, running simulations, you're testing them. But then I got an illustration and like those guys didn't really care what I was doing in 3D. They just, they just needed a different picture. So, and then... I tell people when I'm teaching like digital sculpting, like it's, you have to have design intent. You have to know exactly what you're going to use the thing for to optimize your time. Cause like, I'm not going to spend 40 minutes, say I'm in ZBrush, I'm doing a full character. If I'm only going to render it from three fourths of an angle, like what am I doing? What am I doing is why am I sculpting this guy's back? <laughs> no one's ever going to see the back. No one's ever going to ask me to like, it's not a model for print. It's just for illustration. Okay. We're going to, we're going to focus on the, the image that we need at hand. All right. That's a large part of it because you don't know unless you're going into a design. You know, like you're saying, you have to know the intent for what that actual product is or that piece is. And then you can actually be functional with your design instead of uh, over taking too much time doing things you don't need to, basically. So I understand that. Why are you modeling the threads on a screw? When all <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Very little sense. 
Yeah, but but it's a large part of it. And I know your background is great. I mean, I you know I was in Orlando for a large part of my life, and I know you went to school there at Full Sail. But you also you know go back the long term school Pennsylvania Academy of Fine Arts. So I mean, you, you've had a lot of training and in, in details and working out in a, from an artistic side and also from an engineering side. And I like the marriage of those two. That's a lot of my background also. So talk a little bit about that and going through school and the kind of things you saw that gravitated you inside of what was going on. Oh yeah. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not particularly shy about talking about it. Uh, I definitely grew up poor. Like, not, we were homeless, but definitely, like, bills didn't really meet. Like, your ends didn't meet. They just got close enough to wave kind of deal. Yeah. And I had a talent. And when you have a talent for something, they, that's, that's your designation in life now. So, like, I like to draw. I, my cousin taught me how to draw, taught me how to, to break down things into shapes. Nice. Uh, and I can tell my kids now that's the, I call it the construction of life. Like, if you look, everything is broken down into some sort of shapes that you can identify and recognize. And so like my cousin taught me all these and he didn't really know what it was himself. He just knew that if I draw a circle and I draw two more circles, I got Pikachu. So he, he taught me how to do that. And I kept, I carried that on. So then I became the artist in the family. Nice. Was it mostly pencil drawing? Cause I spent a lot of time doing that in my youth also. Pencils, colored pencils. I've gotten many a really shitty rose art coloring set. <laughs> yeah. Every birthday, every Christmas, there's at least one 32 pack of markers that don't really actually color crap yeah. like wax. But, but I, I took that, I took that through high school and you know, you get to high school and you can draw. So girls like you and you're happy about that. And eventually someone in high school goes, well, what are you going to do with your life? And the only thing you have in your head is going to be an artist. Like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, there's a lot of, I see a lot of uh, beautiful uh, printers in the background too. What's the largest size you have there to do something? Uh, let's see. In the house? Yeah. Form uh, three. He's the biggest in the house. Well, the biggest SLA in the house. Uh, upstairs in my work, in my other workshop where I'm trying to repair stuff, I have my uh, Ender 6. And he's a nice little cute. But he's mostly for like the Iron Man stuff, larger parts, less detail. Yeah, uh, for people that can't see the video or listening, though, he has a beautiful uh, working lab there with some nice machines in the background and a lot of wonderful. It looks like uh, a lot of Iron Man, uh, different uh, versions of masks there on on the uh, on the wall. That's really neat. Yeah, and those are all SLA. Is that correct? No, these these guys are all. Oh, I'm gonna say these are all FDM. They are FDM. Okay. Uh, injection molded nice yeah it looks fun man there's a lot of great great looking stuff there you have fun with that? have you actually put together a full suit yet i I put together one suit uh when i first started and it was so there's when i got started the first thing i did was i learned how to model iron man mm. when it just came out and it was like oh i was so enamored with the concept and he it was he was already like one of my favorite heroes before he got popular because if you if you look back iron man was not a popular character in the comics it was yeah it was just kind of like, he was supposed to be like this warmongering kind of guy that had a change of heart. He was, he was not supposed to be likable, but yeah, America, we liked him. Yep. And then, uh, like I tell people, like between the movie and the actor, like they, they, it was like the symbiotic relationship. They saved each other because Marvel yeah. didn't know what, what it was doing. Robert Downey Jr. was in that rehab. He didn't know what he was doing either. Yeah. <laughs> we both looked at each other and thought, you know what? If this works, it works. And 10 years later, we got, the what have we hit 20 20 movies my gosh yeah i don't know he's been it's been so many care you know movies with the the marvel series and all that there's been a lot of them with him 
Um, yeah, but it's, it's amazing to see that, right? I mean, I, I know what you mean. I, I grew up on those characters. Also, my, my uncle was a big, big, uh, magazine collector and he had all those old comics in the, in the basement. And so I used to rummage through a lot of them. Oops. And, <laughs> and check out a lot of things. I was really interested back then. Uh, that was something that pulled my attention. Of course, Spider-Man pulls everyone's attention, but, um, and he had, I got, I'm going off on a tangent here, but he had one of the old albums you know, that you opened up and on the inside, it had the Spider-Man story on both sides of the double album. And the, the albums actually told the story when you put them on the record player. So it was really neat. You know, those were the, some of the first impressions I have, but to go back to Iron Man, he had a lot of the original Iron Man comics and that was my first place seeing it. But what drew, drew my attention to Iron Man at the time was of course the, uh, the song, you know, by black Sabbath, <laughs> you know, that was around, I am Iron Man. And so I was like, as a kid, I was looking at these Iron Man. I was like, what is this uh, with the music and everything? But it, it wasn't, but that was my introduction to Iron Man at the time. And now here like, we are. So yeah. <laughs> and it was about the same time that I was learning how to model and play the guitar. And cool. the only part of that song I ever learned how to play is that opening. <laughs> actually got the chords for the rest but i like i always felt so accomplished when i could like hit that nice little the yeah yeah <laughs> right, i mastered it we're done that's it that's a that's a good feeling it's a powerful feeling when you can get down iron man on guitar because you're like i am iron man it's awesome <laughs> Yeah, well, neat. No, no, I'll do it back on everything that was going on. I guess, we, you know, we, we were digressing there from Iron Man, but, you know, so th those are some really beautiful prints you have there. And I know that it was a large part of designing, design thinking. You're talking about, you know, how you started out building the first one, and then you were talking about the suit. Oh, yeah. Hilariously enough, like uh, my, my Iron Man and my design and 3D printing, all they all kind of like intersect at the same point. It's like right after first year of college, I went to art school because... I had no, I mean, I don't know. I wanted to be an artist. I guess you go to art school. So I applied. I got into Pennsylvania Academy of Fine Art. Uh, one of, one of the, one of the best stretches of experience, I guess, in my budding adult life. Like everyone else came with the expectation, like they knew what, you know, the whole, this art thing was. And I just came knowing that I like to draw. And it was the first time in my life that I was like in this, this, uh, uh, amalgamation of, creatives that like were about their shit like in like some of these kids came from art high schools which i didn't know you could choose the hard school you went to i just went where my parents told me because it was up the street yep these kids came from art programs and they're like oh you're from maryland you went to carver and i'm like i what's a carver i and like so like it very quickly dawned on people that i was like this guy is just kind of how did you get in here <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm like, raw talent, raw talent. Yeah, and had some of these, uh, you know, some of my peers, they were doing like wall size, like photorealistic paintings, like drawing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, uh, like if I want to, I want to one keep up with the rest of my peers and figure out what's going on, I got to really like. So I just I got completely engrossed. Like I, it was all traditional fine art study though. So we did sculpting, uh, printmaking, drafting. Uh, there were two computers in the building in the library, and none of them had 3D software. Wow! Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't even a thought to me at the time that I could do anything on the computer. And I would I would come back home with these frustrations of like, man, like all these kids are super good, and I gotta I gotta catch up. My roommate's just like, but you're good at other things, man. Like I've watched you play video games, and like you have an interest in movies and stuff like that. 
And I'm like, yeah, but like, how does that translate to an art career? And he looks at me and he goes, you ever thought about being a concept artist, a modeler? And I'm like, there are other job paths within the art subsect. And he's like, yeah, man. So he takes me to his, his room and the, like I had just gotten into computers and I remember at the time being so impressed that he had a 22 inch monitor. I'm like, oh, this is the biggest computer of my life. And he, he sits me down. He's like, okay, look, this is 3D Studio Max. I'm going to sign nice. you up. Sign you up for Max Forms. Like, this is before, way before Facebook. I guess it was about the same time. And uh, so he gets me on the forums and like, he's like, look, just make stuff. And when you have a problem, post it. And then people will help you. And I'm like, this is a crazy idea. I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm learning how to like model. And he's like, you have to, he's like, the best way to learn is to do projects you're interested in. And he's like, so whatever you do, don't get into the, the trap of like deciding to like just do things for work because there's no fulfillment. But when you, when you sprinkle in something you enjoy every so often, you kind of, it builds your love for the thing you're doing. So it's like, I was already engrossed. I was like, cool. What can I model? Iron Man. Iron Man came out. It was, it was these very clean engineered shapes. And I was like, that's model that. No problem. Especially with a, a turbo smooth modifier. Let's go. And then I realized it was not that simple. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, uh, so I'm in the max forms. I'm like, hey guys, how do you uh, do this? What, what what about intersecting parts? Do I have to make everything made up? Can they just like stick into each other? Will anyone notice? Mm-hmm. Guys are like, yeah, you can intersect stuff for the renders, but it's not going to work out if you want to print this. And I was like, what do you mean print it? This is a thing on the computer. And guys are like, they're like sending me videos. They're like, you know, there's like CNC machines and like other forms of like manufacturing that like you can send these files off to and they'll give you the thing you made. And I'm like, no. That's not real. No one, they don't make replicators. I've seen Star Trek. You're lying. And, and lo and behold, after that, uh, he kind of showed me ZBrush and coming from nice. fine art sculpture to like digital sculpture. It was like no brainer. I was like, okay. Immediately pulled into that. It became one of the big workhorses for me. And I started to see like in the, the 3D sculpting community, like collectibles companies were like, hey, we're moving from people doing clay maquettes to doing it on the computer and we'll get them printed and i'm like there's that word again printing people are printing things like what do they mean printing and i would get these pictures uh, and there was it was one big company at the time and it was like everyone's go-to and they were called ownage they might still be around but anybody that was working at a certain level would get stuff printed at ownage and that was like the I, either they had the first big commercial sla machine or they were just on top of it early but like the the queue was months like if you wanted to get something printed you had to send it out and then they would get back to you eventually like you mm-hmm. didn't it wasn't it's was the first time in my adult life where i'm like i have money and i wanted thing but i can't get it the second time was a ps5 but nice. <laughs> that, was, that was recent huh a little craziness <laughs> black friday with the money and i'm like i just want this thing usually i don't have the money and the thing is out but now the thing is out and i have the money it's a cruel joke it is it happens to us all and the, these guys that owned it would like Friend, they had. I don't. I never looked into what machines they had. I don't even think they have a website. I don't know how you contact a secret underground three D printing society. But they, the the resin prints were amazing, and they started using those for like masters and casting and collectibles, and and then from there, I was just like, okay, so the thing on the computer gets printed out in, in a physical form. Why is no one talking about this? Why is this not more of a huge thing in the world? You know, the older I get, the more I move into like this education side where it's like, yep. 
the only boundary that people have is what they know is available. And like, I live in Baltimore city right now. And I'm like, why don't more schools have 3d printers? And people are like, Oh, you know, kids aren't interested in 3d printing. And I'm like, mm. you know what a kid a 3d printer? My kids aren't interested. Cause we have them in the house. It's commonplace for them, but I promise yeah. you, let me, let me set up a 3d printer on the corner and just print stuff. Like people are going to ask questions. What's that? How does it work? And then, but now that they, they have an understanding for the possibility, they can take that. Yeah. Like my, moving in with my wife, she knew about stuff, the kind of stuff that I did. Like she knew I made stuff on the computer and it somehow became physical. Like someone would send me a copy of a toy or something, but she never really put too much thought into it until like our kids, we moved into a new house and they broke all the oven knobs off. Mm. Oh, hey, here coming. This is awesome. Yeah. We looked it up on the computer and they wanted like $8 a knob for our oven. It's not a, it's not a new oven. It came with the, the place we moved into. So we're like, uh, we'll just use our thumbs and turn them. But then I was like, people are going to come over our house and wonder why we don't have oven knobs. Like this is not sure. an active kitchen look. So I, I went downstairs and I took the one knob we had left and I solid works it up and I printed a couple on my form labs printer and popped them on. And then she stopped and she looked at me in like this utter like flabbergastedness. Like, did you just replicate our oven knobs? And I'm like, yeah. I took it downstairs and I took some calipers to it and we have oven knobs again. And even even for her who like was in the house with me and knew about what I did. Yeah, it was tangible at that it, time. I watched the spark in her face. She's like, Can you do this for other things? Can you just and so I, I, I end up spending a lot of time at Micro Center, you know, during quarantine because they I always need stuff and they they have amazing social distancing practices. Like I've never felt unsafe being in a micro center. That's and awesome. You, I, I get I'm in there all the time and I get people like they're they're like, huh, I should buy this 3D printer. And I'm like, what do you want to do with it? So like, let's go back to the Let's go back to the intention. Like, are you going to I'll show them like stuff that I do. Like, are you going to print masks? And they're like, yeah, I'm like, OK. Here are these options for you. And then like the staff love me because they just stand there and at the end they put a little sticker on your package. <laughs> and I'm like, I should probably get a part-time job. Like, yeah. like I love talking to the people about like a commission just for walking in, basically. That'd be the best the best thing, right? Let's talk about what it exactly is. You want to print and you'll get like dads and their dads coming in wanting to buy stuff for their kids. And like for them, it's like a family thing. So I'm like, okay, well, what are you gonna do? Oh, we're gonna print X, Y, and Z. Okay, well, are you gonna lie? sanded painted stuff like that yeah gray just buy gray black white or gray you sure i don't need the rain the rainbow colored one no well i'll get into the chemical composition of how they do that color shift and why you get that layer adhesion later for now black white gray because you're going to sand it and paint it <laughs> like why are, you, why are you buying glow in the dark if it's never going to glow in the dark and the guys are just like oh i never thought of that cool so like design intent there it is and then in the uh tangible form there that's awesome man that's that's really cool so like the other idea I realized I take it takes so many holds in like every area of your life. It's just yeah. intentionality in the things you do. Which mm. you know, it doesn't it doesn't sound that in depth, but like something like I've been married for six years and I often have right. thing of there's the thing that I wanna do and then there's the intention behind the thing that I wanna do. Mm. And those translate to real feelings in my life and myself and that translates to how the kids see us interact. And mm-hmm. So it's like little things. It's like being that, that next step of thoughtfulness. So it's like, I'm, Intention. I'm not, I am not an early riser. I wake up late routinely. Two alarms, three alarms, 
12 hours of sleep, 17 hours of sleep. I just, I, getting out of the bed is not my strong suit. Me and my wife know that. I'm trying to work on it. I'm good at staying up. I can stay up for days. I can't get up with yeah. two full nights of rest somehow. But I can explain to the kids, like, guys, mommy's not upset that I overslept. She's upset that it feels like she can't do other things because she has to worry about me being asleep and you needing my help. Mm. So, and the kids, are, the kids are just like, mommy's upset. You overslept. I'm like, no, you guys are in distance learning school right now. I have to get up to help you with that. Cause if I don't and something goes wrong, it's easy for you guys to miss your online class. So she's not upset that I oversleep because I will sleep on the weekends, but she's upset that she feels like she can't be doing something else in this time. And like just being intentional. So it's like, okay, yep. my wife doesn't think I don't love her because I oversleep. She thinks I don't love her because she's a feel supported. So I have to be intentional about getting up every day. And even if I don't feel like it, I have to be intentional about doing it regularly. <laughs> Yeah, there's a there's a reason you're there to support the kids and to help uh, the family there. So uh, there's your intent right there, right? That's a good stuff. It's macro, it's micro. It's like just being intentional. So like I get requests for designs all the time, and then but it's that conversation again. It's like, what do you want to do with this design that I'm going to make for you? Uh, the more you can tell me, the better. Like some people are like, hey, I want a 3D printed thing. Uh, on my desk, I have these little. This is. Cool an adapter from China and it just holds a solid taped in there right now. Sadly, it was solid state computer hard drive. So mm -hmm. I have a 256 gig USB stick. It's currently unshielded and it's just sitting on my desk. So people are like, I just want to make a cover for my USB stick. And I'm like, well, what kind of machine are you going to use? Uh, what, like what kind of handling is it going to get? Are you going to leave it sticking out of the computer at all times? Cause we might need to use a harder material. We might have to design it so that, the only point of support isn't just this USB because I've, I've bought products like those USB hubs. And I'm like, oh, I work, I was working off a MacBook, leaving it sticking out of my MacBook. Kid plops down the couch next to me. Well, there goes a $30 aluminum MacBook hub. I get, uh, I do toys. So I'm like, hey, I need to know how you're going to manufacture this toy. Like, what's the final manufacturing? Like, if you could tell me what kind of machine material they're going to use, that works the better because then I can understand, you know, the tolerances, the, mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. oh, the way the material is going to, you know, fit. Right. You know, anybody can design like a, a well-crafted 3D model, but then when you want to take that to the next step, and I, I learned all that the hard way. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, 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 that's true stuff. I mean, the next step, obviously, when you're getting into what you've been doing in the medical industry, there is huge intent on what needs to happen for their standards or processes and what would qualify as a nice print or a patient-specific print. There's so many things that the medical field has that you have to kind of follow, but it's also in development. So talk about that because I know you've been with the, it's, it's longevity, right, Neuro Solutions over there? And uh, how long have you you've been there for almost four years, is it? And you've been working for design for additive manufacturing on that side? Yeah, uh, I came in shortly after they started up. They had acquired a 3D printing company, so they had you know, some starter machines and they had one guy that could operate them, but they, they were building a team out. So they wanted a little bit more expertise and things like that. So I came in, it was the first real time I had done SLA before, but it was the first time I had seen a poly gel machine. Oh uh, yeah. I was going to tell them that, but cause I'm like, Hey, look, you, you put the SDL in, you figure out the tolerances, you're good. So there was a lot of early play and I spent a lot of long nights in the office without them knowing, trying to study and like, learn the ins and outs of some of the machines they got because uh you know i got i uh, got invested in a uh, form labs very early my one of my college roommates 
he went to work there and he's like nice. the engineers like they just pushed out the fuse i'm ridiculously proud of him so i'm just like when he came home with that idea i didn't think it was gonna be real but here he is and so i had i had seen like you know des- the desktop SLA versions but up until that point i had never seen the industrial counterparts that they were mm-hmm. they were you know working down from and this is the first time i'm like oh stratasys i know that name and then i see this car size connex and i'm like huh this is a this is a big printer. <laughs> like, <laughs> this seems like it has a lot of maintenance and moving parts. I should figure out how to use this, mostly so I don't kill myself. Yeah, that's, that's the important things, right? No, but that's what you're looking at too when you go from you know designing like the prototype side to getting into more of the production materials and things that work out that are being used straight from a print. You know, design the print and then being out there in the world, it's a different process. But it's it's a lot of the same. It's just that there's a different place. It's going to be a different intent for the end of the design. Um, so so that's interesting. I know there's a lot of different things happening inside of medical. So w- what exactly are are you doing there for them? Uh, so I moved when I first came on. It was kind of all hands on deck. You know, we were, we were getting started. We were getting these like FDA submissions. We were getting like our five ten Ks. Um, mm-hmm. for our, our product, it's a cranial implant. And, gotcha. and, uh, I've stuck around because it's, it's so interesting that every new thing is a milestone. Like some of the, some of the things that I talk about with like, you know, my friends and my family, it's like the, the appreciation for some of the small things we lose and just mm-hmm. like, just living. Uh, like I love architecture because I like to go outside and see buildings that were made hundreds of years before cranes that right. touch the sky. And like, you guys, it doesn't boggle your mind that people, people put together, made these things. And like, it's like that at work now. So it's like, it could be something as trivial as like, we submitted some documents to the FDA. It's like, guys, we got the submission out. It was great. And like, every day was like that. Every, every new thing, every day was a new milestone for us. So, so when we got the first 510 care and all you could do is celebrate and, and they figure out how can we continue building on this. So I, uh, when I came on, I worked in uh, design and manufacturing of the of our first product offering, which was their clear clear cranial implants. Uh, there's a lot of nice. different medical applications for them uh, between visibility, post-op. Uh, now they're finding that uh, the way that we make it, they're sonolucent, so they receive sound more efficiently than some wow. other some yeah. other products. So. Doctors are using them to ultrasound through. And so as opposed to getting CTs, which are so much radiation, you can now bedside use the, the little handheld ultrasound. And they're getting clear visibility of some of the things like ventricles. and Really cool. Yeah. And it, 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 again, it's like those little milestones. Like In my head, I never thought that they wouldn't be, you couldn't ultrasound to them. But just the confirmation that you can and people are using it to help other people. It's like, uh, it's a game changer. Yeah. And that's, that's what it's all about out there, especially in the medical industry is, you know, improving lives and, and, and making people go through. And, and like you're saying, they don't have to go through a hard radiation to get this process done because of this new process. That's, uh, that's, that's what it's all about. I will say the interesting part is, you know, most of the other things that I do, I come from like this hugely open collaboration background where it's like, mm. who could we call to do what? And it has been interesting in the medical field, seeing what, you know, other companies like, like, Everyone thinks their idea is gold, so they keep everything closed. Sure. Like, so I, I do see where uh, we're going to move more into academics and businesses and like a lot of cross collaboration. I think that's where we're going to get like the crazy medical innovations. Mm-hmm. I look forward to that. We'll get there. 
Uh, and it's, it's the same for additive. I've yet to meet anybody in the additive field where I'm like, I have a question. And they're just like, I can't answer that. <laughs> Yeah, that's important. I think even in the last year, we've seen more of that. And I hope that trend continues to go just because of the, the pandemic. There's been a lot more conversations, a lot more open conversations because people are reaching out from their homes. You know, they can't be face to face, but there's a lot of conversations that are happening that hadn't been happening before. And, you know, the medical industry is a big part of that. Uh, you know, all the industries are, are ramping up right now, what they can do. And a lot of it is opening up the communication, you know, working with other people, working with other companies, having great partners and people you can rely on, people you can call and count on for some good advice on making things better, uh, working together on even the you know, file formats and how to make that more universal across the board. These are things that are have slowed down the industry. And now, hopefully, this open conversation continues because uh, that's a, you're right. It's a big part of things moving forward. So collaboration is huge out there and I'm, I'm glad to see more of it. I just want to see that continue as we move forward here going into 2021. It's a interesting time we're going through right now. Like uh, I had a few phone calls this week actually, where we were talking about just like kind of the state of the industry and then like what I'm trying to do with my own personal business. That's you know, not my day job. And I was just like, man, like building. Like, that's, when people ask me, like, what's your plans for Baltimore? I was like, building, like just building. And like, they look at me like this, like the most fanatical thing ever. And I'm like, guys, I've been, I, I, I thankfully have gotten to travel to a few conferences, like before this and everything. It's like, I've been to Boston where they have a design and innovation hub off their pier where people and companies are gathering up. And it's, and what I enjoy the most about additive is it's twofold. It goes from like the hobbyist side where, you know, uh, I talk all the time, like I miss the days of like 40 Prusa minis in someone's basement. Like, cause once you hit like service bureau level, you're like, yeah, okay. You, you got a couple, you have some fun machines, but like you miss, like what I think is missing is that, that rough exploration when you get started and you get your first printer and then you're like, well, I want to print more things. So you get three more printers and like, you're, you're missing that that hard in the like that hard in the sweat like acquisition of like knowledge for the thing because then you know at the level you're like I know I know what I'm talking about I know about and I'm just like man you can still give me like 40 form labs printers in a room I'm gonna have the same enthusiasm I had when I had like two Lulzbot printers in my basement mm, yeah no I think that that's an important point because. You know, obviously people look at the, the final product a lot of times and don't realize what's going in to get there. And then also, you know, on the additive side, you're looking at a more the production world and people just want it kind of a turnkey locked in, ready to go. We know what we're building. We know what the machine we use. We know what material we need. We're going to produce these parts and we're going to do it, you know, at this speed and, and that's going to be that. Before all that, you know, you, we were talking about intent, design intent, and that's where that creativity comes in. But in the engineering realm, a lot of that creativity has got to be wrapped around standards, regulations, and things like that. Um, so, you know, you can lose a bit of that. Like you're saying, the early design iterations, that artistic intent of, hmm, let me see what happens when I do this. And, hey, I didn't know it was going to turn out this way. That's actually better, you know, and, and then you could actually look at uh, some of the softwares out there for, for uh, you know, analyzation to take a look at what's going to happen, you know, with any kind of load bearing or 
or fluid that's going through something so you could simulate and test things. And all that is in that design phase, right? And, and a lot of times uh, when you're in that final turnkey, I bought the machine, I'm making a part now because I have that final additive phase that I'm in. You don't, you don't realize all that design intent, all of that background that went into developing it. So it can be a turnkey solution, you know, and, uh, it's a, it's a huge part of it. Uh, you know, the designers, the, the artists out there and, and that way of kind of coming up with new ways of doing things that are better, that are improved. You know, there's everything from lightweighting, you know, to patient specific, uh, you know, uh, results in any kind of 3D print that you can have internally, externally tooling that goes in on the polymer side to help doctors make, you know, any kind of um, surgery a lot quicker and safer and accurate. Uh, there's so many amazing things that are happening, but it seems like it's just at the turning point, you know, it's... Oh, yeah, the machines are getting bigger, faster, stronger, more materials, more knowledge out there, education, training, the next generation coming up with having those printers in their uh, classrooms from day one, you know, it, it's all, uh, it's all kind of, kind of reaching that tipping point. So I'm excited to see what it's going to be like going forward. Yeah. And, uh, I guess the, the biggest benefit of like additive being it's, like its own like growing and, and booming industry is that uh, it transcends all of the the buckets we put ourselves into. Mm. So it's like, okay, you know, you work in the medical, like you have your bucket of people that work in the medical field and they might not necessarily be talking to each other. And then you have your people in the automotive airplanes and all these people work in their little buckets and then, you know, they're keeping their industry secrets close to them sometimes, if not, you introduced that common denominator that all these people also now want to ride the additive wave. They want to get in. They want to figure out, okay, you told somebody you can increase their bottom line with a 3D printer and they want to figure that out. And they're, they're leaving it up to like guys like, like us, like the, the designers, the 3D printers to like make the thing, make their vision work. And they don't usually care. So it's like, okay, well, it's like as long as the thing works. And what I'm finding is you get just the, Maybe not the sharing of the technical ideas, but the sharing of the experiences. And it's the no shortage for a number of times where it's like, guys, I'm trying to figure out how to do a crazy thing. And like, I can't tell you what too much about what it is, but I just know I need to make, I need to print something in these materials or these characteristics. And even though they can't help me with like, say the, the IP of the, of the design or anything like that. They have experiences from machines or like they know someone who does something very similar or, and so you're not necessarily collaborating information anymore. Now you're collaborating like peer to peer experience all mm -hmm. in like 3D printing field. And it's like, you never know when someone that builds rocket parts with a printer at GM, I don't know if GM builds rocket parts, but I'm using an example. Sure, sure. GE, so, uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that guy's going to call me and it's like, hey, you do kind of stuff in like medical and I need an elastic resin or I need to print something with certain shore hardness or durometer. Do you know anything about that? And I'm like, uh, and it's like, you go to bed that night and you're like, I've never worked on a rocket in my life, but like I was able to help this guy figure out his problem and that rocket might be a SpaceX rocket or I don't know. Sure. No, no. I think that and that, that goes back to that open collaboration, right? People asking questions, reaching out. I think it's very important. You know, especially I like to talk to, you know, the people coming into the industry out there in school and, and looking to uh, having uh, their career start. I think a large part of it, and we're seeing that more and more, especially over the last nine months or so is, is, is just reaching out, networking, talking to people, asking the questions. 
um, you know, feel free to do that anytime. And I am, I'm so, you know, I feel very privileged to be having those conversations. You know, I talk to a lot of people offline and it's all these little things, uh, you know, consulting on small projects to large projects to medical to aerospace to fashion to toys. You know, there's so many different things that people are developing or they have questions about where they could take it next or how to scale. And yeah, it's, it's all about reaching out, asking the questions, you know, cause you talked about it being in a silo, doing your same thing every day. A lot of times you don't realize how you can improve because you're, you're not seeing what someone else is doing to improve that process. They've been through it before and then give you a little tip or whatever that, or just say hello and make you feel better that you're talking to another human being that's working on something, whatever that is, it's important. Reach out and, and definitely, uh, grow your network and uh, find out new things by asking questions. I can't uh, reiterate that enough. That's the, the largest part of that is to open the mouth and ask the question, you know, uh, no such thing as a dumb question. I- no, you know, you could even feel a little embarrassed when you say, when you ask the question, that's fine. But, uh, you know, they they don't notice. Uh, it could be anything. Actually, actually a little enthusiasm. It yeah. makes your nerves. It makes the other person feel like you're interested in what they have to say. Like it, it could be anything. It's like, hey, do you have a really good panini recipe? Like, I've gotten into paninis recently. I got a hey, hot. I don't yeah. any, And they're looking at you like, I'm, I'm an auto mechanic. Uh, do you really want? You want? Let's go look up some panini recipes together. Come on, let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you find common uh, hobbies, and I've I've done that with a lot of people I spoke with. Uh, different things going on in their life. Uh, I know I, I spoke a while back uh, to, to a gentleman from X1 uh, just talking about, you know, what was going on in his life. And he was saying that he was getting into sewing, you know, it's Dan Brunner over there at X1, but he was talking about, yeah, yeah. A, a hobby of sewing right out of nowhere, you know, who, who's doing that. But my daughter's, she's been into it for the last three years heavily. She just started doing it herself out of nowhere. And uh, so I just purchased her a sewing machine over Christmas and he reached back out to me and says, Hey man, how did she love? that gift so um you know it's it's stuff like that you're talking i'm talking about different things that aren't totally in the uh, 3d printing realm but at the same time they're a large part of people's passions and hobbies and things that keep you safe mental health is a big issue right now and uh so aside from all your 3d printing hobbies now you talked a little bit uh, about things but what are you doing to keep yourself happy and, and healthy during these challenging times uh happy oh that's happy. a tough word right <laughs> yeah. Like the first month, I joked that I was gaining the uh, the COVID nineteen, but no, it, it it turned out to be like the COVID hundred. Like it, it got, but I don't, I couldn't. Like at first, I got worried because I couldn't tell if it was like I was gaining weight because of age or because of quarantine. Yeah. So like I started working out again, but now I'm heavier, but I'm still like I'm a I'm six two, I'm a very slim guy. So I'm trying to figure out where two hundred and twenty pounds is at. And I'm like, uh. So I, I increased my gym regimen. I started like running and working out more. Yeah. Uh, I realized like, okay, this rest might be my adult weight. I'll be 30 this year. Uh, nice. Getting my adult weight. Here we go. So, so 220, 220. Yeah. That's uh that, that to me is my happy weight. And I'm the same uh, height as you. And I'm, I'm over a little bit over 230 right now. It's like, I got to get back 220 or below. I feel good about it, but uh, it's a lot of that. I've been doing a lot of walking and a lot of different things to stay healthy uh, but yeah, it's hard to, uh, you know, uh, pull it down when we're all stuck in the house so much, you know, there's, uh, there's only so much you could do to stay away from the refrigerator. <laughs> oh, geez. Well, um, and what was it? Home gym equipment, like sold out immediately. Yeah. 
but video video games are my thing. I, wor- I worked in games for a while. Nice. And I think for the like the last six years, I think my my main game has been Destiny. Uh, nice. Over at Bungie, and it's been it's been it, it's kept me sane. It's kept me sane uh, through <laughs> quarantine. It's like I have my core group of friends. Like we all we all followed uh, Bungie over from the Halo days, and we all nice. Yeah. Destiny on day one, and it's just like. It's been a six-year ride, and we all like a lot of us have like we all have kids and families now, so you can usually hear like the kids and the wives yelling in the background. Oh my god, you're on the game again! And we're like, yeah. Did you get that? You got that PS5 you were looking for, right? Or, or did uh, no, not yet. I still just have my uh, four mounted to the wall here. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Well, the four are still awesome. You know, the PS5 will happen someday. It's a uh, to jump for, I still have the the PS2 out. Uh, my my daughter is uh, eleven and she likes playing the PS2. I'm like, okay, as long as I don't have to buy one of those PS5s right now, we're just fine. <laughs> I definitely have my three stuck like tucked behind the TV, so when the kids want to like play something, I can like just stick it on one of my computer monitors. And yeah, at one point yeah. in my life, I wanted to have the world's largest video game collection. So oh, yeah, that didn't it hasn't worked out yet. I'll let you know when. Yeah, yeah. I would do is like every tax season, I go on eBay or something, and I'd look up like uh, PS3 game lot, and I'd buy. Like, usually, this guy's selling like oh, 100 PS3 games, couple duplicate discs, and I just buy the lot for like 120, 130 dollars. And so I have like this huge collection of PS3 games I've never played. Yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, I did the same thing, uh, even with the PS2. I brought that back out. That thing was in storage for a long time, obviously, and uh, she was asking about video games. I said, I have, uh, I have an old one in the. Uh, garage there somewhere i could pull out for you but that's exactly what i did i went out and i bought a whole bunch of games for it just because i figured what the heck they have fun with it but um yeah it's good it's good to to keep your mind uh spinning and doing the things that keep you happy you know and the games are part of it uh you know that's part of it you know that's a another 3d world there that's grown over the years so that's it's really cool to see how things are becoming more of a reality every time i look at it you think it can't get any more real looking and then the next version is that much more real looking. So it's, it's, it's amazing. When yeah. it's like marriage, the chief problem I've run into is like the thing that, so my wife has uh, a list and she's like, you need three hobbies. One that keeps you fit, one that keeps you happy and one that makes you money. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, fitness aside, like I've been designing stuff my entire life. I've been designing for like all kinds of different things over the last 12 years. So it's like, it's always kept me happy. It's always made me money. Mm. I get up from my desk on occasion. Uh, but I, I've had to develop hobbies that aren't designed because I need that separation of not not always looking like I'm working. It's sure. Like, like you're always working. And I was like, well, no, earlier I was working, but now I'm just making a little thing. I'm going to print it later. And she's like, so you're working. No, 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 no. Hear me out here. Hear me out. I'm not working. I'm just designing a thing. So you're working. No, no one's paying me to do this thing. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, there's a difference. I'm not getting paid. I just love what I'm doing right now. Right. That's it. So it's like if I don't have other hobbies that don't make it look so like video games, no one can mistake me working for playing video games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So she comes down and she's like, "Oh, you you're playing a game with your friends?" Like, yes, yes, yes. See, you go. got it. You nailed that one. <laughs> playing games with my friends. Getting into drone flying. That was my my latest one. Nice. Yeah, that uh, I'm right at the uh, I'm looking around. We could talk about that a little bit offline, too, because I'd like to get some tips on that. I've been uh, looking around for a drone for a little while right now, trying to stay under the the G range, you know, but uh, there's some nice ones in there that I've seen. 
Um, but yeah, I know that there's a lot of great hobbies, uh, going into, we've had some wonderful conversations, been great talking to you, Wilbert. Now, what are your, what's your, I'm I'm curious about 2021. We talked about that a little bit, but when we're getting started, you know, what's your forecast for things? How do you see, especially in the 3d printing and additive manufacturing realm playing over the next year or so? That that is a very interesting one. We already, we've had some moves that we kind of like anticipate. So like, uh, the acquisition of origin. Like, I think we all like yeah. in the back of our heads, but it was also in the back of our heads. It's like, that's a possible. And then when it comes to fruition, you're like, Oh, so like, I'm thinking like, who else is going to acquire somebody? Is like, what other acquisitions are there to be made? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm always looking at a uh, 3d systems to see what they're doing. So I'm like, you know, they were one of the first big ones. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. so I always look to them like, what kind of moves are you guys making? What are you focusing on? Yeah. Uh, I'm riding out with, uh, riding it out here in the medical field. Uh, I'm going to stick around to that until the wheels fall off or until my original core team that I came in with goes to do other things. Uh, it's, it's, it's great to be able to go to work and both feel at home, but then also like satisfied. It's like, uh, like I often find more times when I get frustrated, I go to work. <laughs> like, Oh no, the, the, the kids broke half of the dishes on the dish rack. I'm going to work. <laughs> I'm going to ignore that with work. Yeah. yeah. It melts off. Like it, it's a new set of, maybe that's it. It's just a new set of problems. So like you, you, your house is on fire and you get to work and works on fire, but now you're like, Oh, works on fire. And then they need you. So, uh, so I absolutely love my team there. I'm going to stick that out. Uh, I incorporated, I finally, it was a sole proprietorship for so long that I finally, uh, got my own business formed in Maryland. Nice. Uh, so looking to see what the, whatever, projects may take me this year uh i've already had guys call interested in the architecture kind of stuff uh mix it goes back to like the scanning and the photogrammetry though so a lot of the stuff so far is they they're trying to digitize spaces in order to like build home renovations on the computer Hmm. and it was something i wanted to get into so we're gonna jump full speed into that see what happens i have the drone now so i'm gonna see like hey who needs me to a photogrammetry of field i don't know construction site or something yeah that'd be awesome no i mean those are exciting things i know that's uh that's part of my own uh hobby uh suitcase of stuff to do man there's a lot going on in this year it'll be fun trying to figure out uh you know where the year is headed obviously earlier this this year being early in the year everyone's still letting all the uh the political games kind of uh feather out into the world and and uh Hopefully we could all find a bit of unity here and move forward with things. But uh, here we are, 2021. Here we go. But uh, hey, it's been awesome talking to you. Anything I, I did want to ask too, is there anywhere that people can get a hold of you if they're looking into doing some design work? Oh, yeah. I am uh, hugely narcissistic. So if you just go to wilmerpierce.design, that's uh, a company's website. I'm still building it. So if you find a page that doesn't work, let me know and I'll hop on and fix that. Cool. Uh, and then... Uh, I think I have done and probably you know, at some point I maybe want to specialize the business, but I'll just continue rolling out with the same kinds of projects uh, that I've been taking. So VR, AR, games, collectibles. Uh, and then any, anything to the sun. Uh, I'm, I never shy away from a ridiculous design challenge. <laughs> Yeah. Well, anybody that needs uh, that design help, reach out to Wilbert. I'll go ahead and put a description to that in our conversation here. But uh, hey, Wilbert, it's been awesome talking to you and I look forward to checking back in as the year goes on and uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Talk to you soon. 
Thank you for listening to the All Digital Additive Manufacturing Podcast. If you would like to help support and build our community, take action and press follow, subscribe, comment below, or please leave a review. And don't forget to share. Thanks for continuing the conversation. This is Adam Penner signing off. See you soon.